Adam Slitsky, CEO of AWS. It is wonderful to have you with us here in studio. Thanks for coming. Thank you, it's so great to join you. Thanks for having me. So, some big announcements today. I'm wondering if before we go into them, you can walk us through Amazon's generative AI strategy. Sure, well, uh, Amazon has been doing machine learning for I'd say 25 years. Uh, probably started with personalization on the Amazon website. And if you fast forward, um, AWS, in 2017 launched SageMaker, which is our machine learning platform. And we now have over 100,000 customers doing machine learning on SageMaker. So it's fair to say that on any cloud, on all clouds, the majority of machine learning happening in the cloud is happening on AWS. Uh, and then in terms of large language models, or these LLMs that everybody's talking about. AKA generative uh, AI. AKA generative AI. Well, there's different forms of generative AI, but the, the LLMs are the language-based you know, mm -hmm. models. There's also image models and things like that. But uh, for, the, uh, for generative AI, uh, Amazon has uh, built and had in production its own LLMs for quite a, quite a, a good amount of time now. Uh, you'll see those, for example, working for you in uh, some elements of our uh, retail website search. Uh, also Alexa, a lot of her voice responses are, are, are driven by, uh, by large language models. So we've got a lot of scientists who've been working on uh, LLMs in particular and on AI in general for uh, for a long time, and now we're uh, bringing all of that to bear, plus you know, a lot of additional resources in generative AI mm -hmm. uh, in particular. When you say a long time or a good amount of time and how you've been implementing large language models and Alexa and others, is that years, is that months for you doing this before the explosion of ChatGPT? Yeah, I'd say uh, years and uh, the, the concept of LLMs, particular, particularly if you're uh, a scientist and in that world is, is, is not new. There's certainly been you know, really impressive advances over the last uh, couple years, and uh, ChatGPT is the application that's sort of uh, uh, taken the, uh, the consumer world by storm, yes. if you will. It's so approachable and easy for people to, to understand. But uh, really, every, this, this whole uh, world is going to go far, far beyond uh, chat applications, although that's a cool application. But uh, AWS is really taking a, a, a full bottom to top full stack mm -hmm. view of generative AI. So we have, uh, first you've got the models which are incredibly large and incredibly expensive to train and just because they need so much data. And so uh, we've actually designed our, our, our own uh, chips which go into our own compute capacity that customers can use to, to train all of these models. Um, so, uh, and our chips, so we've designed the Trainium for doing training and Inferentia chip for doing running models in production that's called uh, doing inference are uh, really going to have industry-leading price performance. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, a lot of people have heard of GPUs, and that's uh, another technology uh, chips mm -hmm. type that's used, and you know, we'll, we'll have lots of customers using uh, uh, those as well. Which you're also trying to develop in-house, correct? Uh, the, the, Artificial uh, intelligence, higher-end chips. Yes, yeah, so, so we, our own chips are Tranium and Inferentia chips, and then uh, we'll also sell people uh, capacity based on GPUs, because there's not going to be one solution. In, in all of right. AI, it's not, not a question of, What's the answer? It's a question of what choice can be provided? How do you democratize all this? How do you provide a whole lot of options? Right now, it feels like there is one GPU, one player, and that is NVIDIA's H100. Are you saying that there's more out there now that has that capacity? Yeah, it, it, just like uh, anything else to do with cloud computing, there's so many customers, so many people are rushing to the cloud. Uh, it is not a single homogenous world. Uh, there's lots of different types of customers, many different use cases. You always have to pick the right solution and the right application. So GPUs are immensely popular and, and really good 
uh, for a lot of different applications. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's not going to be the best answer for everything. So uh, just like for general purpose computing, we've built our, uh, designed our, our own chip, which is very popular, but lots of people are still gonna come to AWS to use you know, Intel or AMD chips. Lots of people will come for GPUs, but, but lots of people are also separately gonna want uh, these AWS chips that we've designed because it's gonna be really, really mm -hmm. great uh, price performance. To be clear though, those are for a different purpose. They don't have the same kind of power and capacity as NVIDIA's. No, they absolutely do, and, and it'll be used uh, for generative AI and to, to train models and to run models in production. I just think that different customers will make different choices because it's a, it's a multi-textured, heterogeneous world out there. There's but room for a lot of different solutions. Amazon currently has in-house chips that it's designing that has the same capacity and compute power as NVIDIA's A100. We have, have the own, our own chips that we uh, are in production and shipping today. Uh, we're doing a Tranium One for training models. Uh, for doing inference, we're running models yeah. in production. We're into our second generation of chips with Inferentia 2 that we announced earlier this year. They're in production, they're running, they work amazingly well, uh, and for, for many, many applications, they provide absolutely the best price performance. Is that a misperception in the market then, that everyone's trying to get their hands on this particular NVIDIA chip, that they're selling on the black market in China, that venture capitalists are buying up to entice startups. I mean, is that a misconception then? Why, why are so well, many looking to those? Well, I mean, GPUs are immensely popular and they're, they're used very pervasively for uh, all types of machine learning, including generative AI. So absolutely, and we're, we're a close partner with them. And uh, you know, many, many customers come to AWS to use uh, NVIDIA-based uh, GPUs, for okay. sure. In addition, we have many, many customers, more and more as we just keeping, uh, keep on increasing our capabilities, Many are, uh, are, are coming to AWS to also use uh, the AWS design chip. So it's a big and, not an or. Okay, let's get to the announcement today. Um, Amazon is investing $100 million into a new generative um, AI innovation center. So you're leaning into your own technology here. Is that enough? I mean, we, when we look across the tech landscape, Google is putting three times that into Anthropic. Microsoft put $10 billion into OpenAI. Is $100 million into a generative AI innovation center. Is that enough to really be a player in the space? Well, it's a good start, and also it's, that's purely to work directly with our customers. It's one tiny piece in the overall landscape of what we're doing in, in AI overall and then generative AI. We talked about SageMaker and the whole machine learning platform we have. I mean, Amazon has spent many billions of dollars on AI uh, over the years. And uh, if you look at not only our, uh, our chip efforts, our machine learning service, SageMaker, yeah. Uh, are, and then on, on, on top of those, uh, those chips and the compute capacity, uh, we have a new service called Amazon Bedrock. And uh, it's going to be a very, very important and popular service. It's in uh, private preview mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that uh, what the world needs is not one model. What the world needs is choice. The world needs to have uh, AI democratized, just mm -hmm. like AI was, dem uh, just like IT, rather, was democratized by AWS. So in Amazon Bedrock, it's a managed service for doing generative AI, uh, and we're going to have Amazon's own models that we're building in there. Those are going to be called our Titan models. Mm -hmm. And in addition, we're going to have uh, a lot of the leading startups and models out there. So Anthropic, yeah. with whom you mentioned, will be in Amazon Bedrock. Mm -hmm. uh, Stability, Stability AI will be in Bedrock. Uh, other startups, such as AI21, will be in Bedrock. And choice is such an important right. concept here, because otherwise, you ask yourself the question, 
well, where are the different runners three steps into a 10K race? You know, does it really matter? The point is you're three steps in and it's a 10K race. Right. And what, what people need today is choice and to be able to experiment and to be able to figure out you know, what different types of models, what different types of use cases are most powerful. And that's why customers are so excited to work with AWS for generative AI. So what you're saying is instead of giving them the large language model, you're giving them the tools to build their own. Is that a better we're, way of We're going to give it? them whatever they need. So there are going to be okay. a relatively small number of companies who will build their own models. And for them, AWS is the best place to come and build those models, use whatever chip you want to use, okay. get access to all of AWS's other compute, storage, machine learning capability. Higher up the stack, uh, you're going to have probably the majority of customers who want to use uh, large language models and other models that, uh, that other companies have built. And, and that's where Bedrock comes in. So instead of saying, hey, there's one model or one company, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, can you imagine, let's say it's 1997 and we're talking about the internet and, and we ask ourselves, who's the internet company going to be? I mean, it kind of seems Netscape, like a silly question, right? <laughs> Who knows what you might have said, but uh, I do know that AltaVista was the number one search yeah. company in 97, and uh, I promise you my kids have, have, have never heard of it. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of the wrong question to ask. So I think the question to ask now is, uh, how do we experiment with generative AI? What are the different models that I could, I could try? What are the different use cases inside my enterprise that I might want to uh, apply generative AI against? And that's why we've got, uh, got Bedrock with all of these different models. So we will provide secure, private, consistent access mm -hmm to as many of the world's uh, leading models as, uh, as, as we can. Right, so you mentioned you know, the $100 million that you're announcing today, that you're putting it into this generative AI innovation center. It's not apples to apples to what the other companies are spending. Is there a more accurate number that you could give that is more representative of Amazon spending on generative AI? Yeah, I don't think I have a single number. It's happening all over the company. It's happened for years and years. We're making use of all the, we're making use of all the accumulated experience we've got. Uh, but we're putting you know, rather enormous resources into machine learning uh, and AI in general, including generative AI in particular. Uh, but I'm very excited about the, uh, the new uh, AWS Generative AI yeah. Innovation Center because it is a specific program to take uh, experts that we have, such as uh, data scientists, mm -hmm. engineers, solution architects, and strategists, and go work directly with customers, you know, very much one-on-one, -on -one, to understand what problems do they have, how can we help them to uh, bring generative AI to those problems, and then to design specific solutions that, the, that, that they can then go and implement on AWS very quickly. So Wall Street is skeptical that Amazon can capitalize on AI. One of the most bullish analysts on the street says Amazon, quote, lags its mega cap peers in generative AI abilities today. What is he missing? Uh, I think uh, the reality of it is that uh, Amazon has been working on uh, artificial intelligence, as I mentioned earlier, for longer than you know, almost any of these companies. And we have long accumulated experience. We have you know, many, many experts, you know, thousands of practitioners of different kinds inside the company. Uh, many of those experts are now working specifically on generative AI. Uh, if you look at the full, nobody else has the full stack of capabilities that we're, uh, that we're putting together. So if you take, uh, the chips that we talked about, that we're designing our own really price performant machine learning AI specific chips. And then on top of that, we have a, a managed service for accessing the most important models in mm -hmm. the world, both Amazon's, uh, which will come out later this year, the Titan models, as well as uh, a, a whole slate of uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, really important other models right. that startups and others have developed. 
And then on top of that, we're going to build uh, some really exciting applications and solutions. So this year we launched Code Whisperer, which is a coding companion. So you type in English. We'll get to other languages eventually. But for now, you type in English. It's, it uh, returns code. Right. And in internal tests, Code Whisperer uh, reduce the time to complete a task by up to 57% for, mm -hmm. for, for Amazon developers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, we released it a couple months ago. It's already immensely popular. So if you look at the other players out there, uh, you really don't have anybody who's designing the chips, has a really uh, a, a choice-oriented, you know, democratizing uh, uh, layer to access the models, and is building solutions on top of those models. So customers really need us. Uh, all those AWS customers, we are by far the the biggest, most widely adopted cloud, and customers need generative AI from AWS. And you don't think that's something that Microsoft and Google are working on also, that sort of full stack of infrastructure well, and applications? Well, honestly, we focus way more on customers at Amazon than okay. we do on, on You said no one else but, but uh, to, to my knowledge, uh, nobody, including those companies, is working on, uh, certainly have not announced that they're working on okay. those full, uh, that, that full suite of capabilities, bottom at the then, top of the stack, no. Then I wonder, what is Wall Street missing? Is it that, Microsoft and Google have sort of this product that has captured the mainstream, I think you said earlier, taking the consumer by storm. Does Amazon need something like that? Does it matter that you're not being recognized on Wall Street? Uh, you, uh, uh, there's an expression at Amazon which is, uh, uh, pioneers need to be willing to be uh, misunderstood for long periods of time. And I think Amazon has had many examples in its history where it said, we're going to focus on customers and have a steadfast belief in, in, in uh, that we're going to work with customers, we're going to build what they want. And if, if, if people want to uh, perceive us in a certain way, if we're misunderstood, you know, that's okay, as long as customers understand where yeah. we're going. And so what we're doing is trying to stay laser focused on building what our customers need in this space. And, and as I mentioned, uh, there's not one customer need. The world is not, uh, I, think, I think chat applications are amazing, but it's only one of many, many things yeah. that the world needs in generative AI. So, we need, uh, we need Gen AI I in order to uh, discover drugs better. Okay. We need it to monitor industrial uh, equipment better. We need it to create uh, autonomous driving systems and vehicles. We need it for, uh, to make media and entertainment better. We need it really for, for every sector of the economy, mm -hmm. every, uh, every application. And I think that uh, probably what's happened is because it's super easy mm -hmm. to understand, Oh, I can I can ask for a haiku about medical equipment. Yeah, yeah and you get a haiku about <laughs> medical equipment. But there's more. You're but saying. there's a lot. I mean, yeah. th that that's fun, but it's it's yeah. uh, not nearly as profound as the mm -hmm. many many innumerable yeah. uh, generative AI based applications that the world is going to need, that the world will benefit from, and uh, we're focused on uh, on that mission, not on being understood by a small group of folks. And the cloud is a good example. Amazon had such a big head start before even your rivals caught on, so point taken. Well, I, I, I helped start up AWS, yes. and in, in the early days, uh, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I was asked, but what does this have to do with selling books? <laughs> you know, it, it, it would be great. Yeah. Uh, so we were misunderstood for a long period of time. And, and now, of course, that's turned into the cloud. Exactly. And all these other companies uh, eventually followed us in after a number of yeah. years. And AWS being far and away the leader. Far Let's and away the leader, significantly larger and, yeah. and more deep, uh, more broadly deployed than any other cloud. Okay, well let's talk about that traditional cloud, I guess, let's call it, move away from generative AI Boy, for we're a, a We're at a stage now where the cloud has now become traditional. I know, traditional. isn't that funny? I guess we finally arrived. <laughs> we've, we've arrived, exactly. <laughs> I would have said that a few years ago. Um, well, we've also seen growth slowing though, so maybe it's arrived and maybe we've <laughs> gone even a little bit further at AWS as well, some of the other hyperscalers. Um, I wonder, 
last one on AI. Has AI perhaps been a convenient distraction? Can AI business and the monetization of it make up for slowing enterprise spend in the cloud, more infrastructure and applications? Uh, well, I, I think that uh, AI is going to be uh, this this next uh, wave of innovation in the cloud. It's going to be you know uh, the next big thing that that pushes even more customers to want to be in the cloud. Really, you need the cloud for generative AI. You know the amount of uh, the amount of computing that needs to happen. Uh, and the amount of storage, uh, amount of IT capacity overall. But are people paying for it now? Uh, the, uh, is the, that being monetized? It absolutely is today, and I think it's. It, and we're only scratching the surface. Okay. So uh, I think you, if, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to build a model, you're going to uh, run an application for your customers. The cloud is going to be, you know, by far, uh, the best place to build and run those generative AI capabilities. And uh, at that point, it's like, okay, well, which cloud am I going to use? And uh, actually, the calculation is not going to be any different, I don't believe, than, uh, than the existing calculation for existing applications of which cloud do I want to use. It's about security, first and foremost, yeah. and then about operational excellence and uptime, and then about choosing the cloud with the broadest and the deepest set of capabilities, and then having platforms that all work together, saying, here's where my, my, my data resides, and I need the data to weave in uh, gracefully with my generative AI. So and AWS you know, is the leader in all of those areas. So can you say then with increased spending on AI applications and programs, has growth bottomed at AWS? Uh, I don't believe the growth has bottomed at all. It, 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 it's slowed down, permanently slowed down at all, AWS. Has it reached the bottom though? Do oh, you see oh, it I see. coming um, back? You know, it's, it's, there's a separate phenomenon, which is uh, obviously we're in a time of great yes. economic uncertainty. You're seeing that in a lot of sectors, in, in the entire tech sector, certainly you know, a lot of software companies, certainly most uh, cloud-based companies, uh, growth has decelerated uh, over a number, number of quarters. And really what's driving that is uh, we have um, a, a lot of customers who are doing their own belt tightening, yep. and they're cost optimizing. Yep. And because we're so long-term focused at Amazon, and because we're so customer obsessed, we're actually leaning in and helping, helping those customers. You're helping to save some money. And yeah. I, I know you've talked about that Yeah, in the past. so they come in and say, you got to help us cost optimize. And but we my, say, great, my, we'll dig in. My question is, is that period over? Are you starting to see customers spend more again because of this generative AI shit, because they feel better about the economy, because tech is taking off again? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of, you sort of have to unpack it, de-average it, if you will. So I think a lot of customers are uh, largely through their cost optimization, but there are a lot of other customers who are still right in the middle of it. So it's hard to predict exactly when uh, when that particular trend will be over, but we're still in the middle of it. Right. And so uh, a lot of customers are uh, either uh, slowing their cloud growth or in some cases uh, ab absolutely reducing the size of their spend for a specific workload. Right. But at the same time, many of them, are, even as they cost optimize, are signing large long-term commitments with us and talking with us about the next hundreds of applications they want to move to the okay. cloud. So uh, I think that the you know, we're still very early in the move to the cloud. We might be, it's hard to really know, but call it 10% of IT is probably moved to the cloud, and I think most of it will move to the cloud over right. time. So I think there's lots and lots of ro robust uh, growth ahead of us. And we've talked about how Amazon had the head start, AWS is the clear leader, however, um, some on Wall Street thinks that that could change over the next, de next decade or so. Morgan Stanley predicts that Microsoft's cloud unit, Azure, will actually surpass that of Amazon's in terms of market share by 2032. What are you doing to prevent that shift from happening? 
Um, well, I, I, I can't comment, <laughs> nor do I particularly spend a lot of time on any one analyst projection, to be honest. It's, it's just not, I don't think it's uh, Do they have an advantage, though, in terms of their enterprise customers and their reach? And, you know, today Google filed an FTC complaint saying that Microsoft yeah. was anti-competitive. No, I mean, look, every, uh, we are in a market segment with robust competition, as we should be. And uh, I always say, if you look to your left and you look to your right and you don't see anybody next to you, you, you may have dramatically overestimated the attractiveness of your segment. So uh, we have a lot of strong competitors and it, that's good for customers. And I think ultimately, by the way, it's good for us too. It makes us a better competitor. Right. So everybody's going to have their advantages. But that being said, uh, I, I think AWS has uh, more significant advantages and provides more customer value than uh, any other cloud provider. And if, if we do our jobs, it's not our, it's not our birthright, by the way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if we do our jobs and if we wake up paranoid every day about disappointing our customers, not paranoid about competitors, yeah. but paranoid about our customers, then I think we should have every ability to stay the industry leaders that we right. are today, by a significant margin, by the way. But you probably agree that anti-competitive practices would hurt your customers, so do you care if Microsoft is employing sort of anti-competitive procedures for their cloud, do you think they are? Well, I certainly think that there should be fair competition. Uh, everybody should engage in fair competition. And there have been a couple of different uh, software providers who in the cloud space have you know, actually tried to apply restrictive licensing provisions and basically tried to uh, you know, s slow down their existing customers from being able to run the software that they've purchased on the cloud that they want to run it on. And I don't think that that's right. Uh, and I, I think you know, a lot of folks have recognized that and hopefully will continue to recognize mm -hmm. that. I would rather have us all uh, compete on the merits and let customers choose the solutions that are best for them. I know you don't like to think about your competitors, you focus on your customers, but your competitors are thinking about you. Oracle's Larry Ellison said he's winning AWS customers. Is that true? Uh, well, a number of years ago, Larry said he didn't know what the cloud was. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess it depends on, on what day or what year you, uh, you ask the question. Yeah. Um, look, as I said before, they're making there, strides, though, aren't there's they? Ro well, there's robust competition in the cloud space. You know, that's not a, a, a competitor that we, you know, see in a, uh, in a lot of deals, to be honest uh, with you. But it, I mean, the cloud, you know, is a very, very attractive market segment. We've always said, literally from the day we launched, we said it would not be winner take all. We said that there would be uh, probably a small handful uh, of, of, you know, disproportionately. Uh, significant providers, and I think you're seeing that play out. So I think over the years, you've seen some rise, you've seen some fall. Um, I think over the next few years, you'll continue to see some rise, and you'll continue to see some fall. And uh, but uh, you know, we we like our existing position, and we like our prospects. If we continue to innovate faster than anybody else, and provide the best security, which we do, yeah. provide the best operational excellence, which we do, and provide the broadest and deepest set of capabilities, which we do, including generative AI. I want to go back to sort of the chip conversation that we were having. We were talking about the importance of GPUs and does Amazon have enough of that NVIDIA H100 that are in such high demand to give your customers the best performance? Yeah, well I, I think that uh, it, the entire world would like more uh, chips for doing uh, generative AI. Uh, and whether that's uh, GPUs or whether that's uh, you know, Amazon's own uh, chips that we're designing. And, uh, and so you know, short term, everybody's kind of looking under every rock and, uh, and so it'd be hard to- Venture capitalists are buying them <laughs> up in some cases. It would be, <laughs> <laughs> you know, entrepreneurship, there's no stopping it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's fair to say that everybody uh, would like more today. Uh, I, I think uh, if you look forward, uh, you know, a number of months, uh, it feels like that shortage uh, should ease 
uh, you know, over the coming months and you know, into next mm -hmm. year. And I think we have a significant uh, advantage and can provide a significant additional value that's hard for others because not only are we a leading uh, a hoster based on, uh, on GPU capacity, but uh, as we've discussed, we also have uh, right. these you know, other whole families of chips that, uh, that AWS designs and that we control the supply chains for them and we can right. cause more supply to be brought on board you know, without uh, having to be reliant on anybody else. And so if you look at all of the generative AI compute capacity that's going to be needed, uh, I think that we're in a better position than anybody else on Earth to supply the capacity that our customers collectively are going to want. How does that affect or not affect um, Amazon's CapEx plans? Do you foresee a big bump up in spending to be able to have the infrastructure and the servers to accommodate this shift? Well, we're in a capital intensive business for sure. I mean, if you just look at the infrastructure we build, we have uh, 31 full infrastructure regions around the world, and those are all significant CapEx efforts. So for sure there'll be a lot of CapEx uh, spent on generative uh, AI, just as there has been in every other major uh, technology initiative at AWS. So uh, it, it, it'll, it'll continue to be capital intensive. But also, um, I think, good business. And steady? Or do you think that this shift requires a big outlay yeah. at some well, point? Well, uh, you know, there's, there's always, we're a big enough business now where uh, AWS is an $85 billion a year uh, run rate business. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are always things which are growing more rapidly and things which are, are, are growing less fast and in some cases shrinking. Yeah. So I think you'll see CapEx uh, shrink in some areas. Generative AI is certainly an area where, where CapEx will, will increase uh, significantly. And then we'll have to see where it all shakes out, uh, right. uh, bottom line. You mentioned a few times that Amazon is developing its own chip in-house. And you're doing that with the help of ARM as a partner, the chip company. Um, can you explain how you work with ARM and how that relationship has evolved since you rejoined AWS? Sure, we've had a, uh, the, the relationship has not changed since, I'm happy to say the relationship hasn't changed particularly since Has I came expanded? back to AWS. It's just been expanding constantly for, for years and years. We've been working with ARM for, uh, I guess a decade, but I have to, have to yeah. check. And uh, they've been a very you know, important partner for us as, as we've kind of brainstormed and led and directed our, our own chip design efforts. It started with these general purpose chips, Graviton. We're now on Graviton 3, which is our third generation mm -hmm. of general purpose chip. And one of the coolest things about Graviton 3 is that it, it's 60% uh, more energy efficient than the equivalent uh, x86-based uh, uh, based chips. And uh, customers care a lot about that sustainability mm -hmm. these days. So uh, it's a really important effort for us, as is uh, our entire chip, chip effort. And uh, we work very closely with ARM. Uh, we meet with them frequently. Uh, they're an important design partner. Uh, it's all part of a broader you know, community or ecosystem yeah. of, of companies uh, in this chip area and uh, their relationships with uh, uh, other companies in that community is really important to us as well. We often note how critical or how unique or strategic arm is in the chip space. Is there anyone else who could do what they're doing in terms of helping you design your chips in-house? I think that we're very happy with the ARM relationship. Uh, you know, I, th I think in anything we do, uh, you know, we always want to make sure that uh, uh, we have choices, the customers will ultimately have choices, because uh, part of our job is to ensure consistent supply. Um, so customers don't have to think about a supply chain. You know, we're just the supply chain. So you're always going to want to have optionality, but we love our ARM relationship and uh, only see it increasing for years to come. Great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Appreciate thank, it being here. Thank you. I appreciate it.